We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. And fuck it, Jack, let's play. <laughs> let's pod, man. Let's do it. That was, you know, the game, the game I thought was, I, I'd leave the game and you're like, man, that was kind of depressing the way it finishes. But but for Kat to come on and just talk to us post game on, on Zoom here at Target Center, his mood, I feel, really kind of shifted the... I don't know the energy that's kind of surrounding this, and which is probably a good reminder that even though the Wolves lost 125-117, I'm about to get the score right this time. 125-122. 125-122. I always mess it up. Why do I do that? Um, <laughs> even though the Wolves lost 125-122, I felt that probably the biggest story here is not that Anthony Edwards didn't shoot a layup at the end of the game or whatever. It's that Cat played. And I think on top of that, that cat actually looked effective despite playing with one hand. Absolutely, and I and what stuck out to me too, and and I think you could probably tell just in the, in the upbeatness of kind of our conversation already is that cat used the word happy to describe himself a in, lot in the post game Zoom. Um, he he was very talkative. He had a smile on his face, um, and mentioned that he was just thrilled that he was able to be back out on the court. Period tonight. Um, and, and, you know, he, like you said, he was very effective. I think early on in the first quarter, he wasn't really aggressive in trying to, you know, drive to the rim or, or play in the post. He was really just playing on the perimeter as a, as a screener, as a handoff guy and someone that just right. merely stretched the floor just by being out there. And the paint was wide open for the whole entire first quarter, which allowed other guys to kind of get going and find driving lanes, um, whether it be to attack the basket like D'Lo and, and, and Jarrett Culver did, um, or to just be able to spot up in the corners like Malik Beasley did, which resulted in him um, having having three threes that, that got him off to an 11-point first quarter. Yeah, it kind of just 
illustrates to you what this team is supposed to look like. And even, you know, result probably included, you know. Um, maybe they aren't a, a team that is better than the San Antonio Spurs. Um, but they are a team that can compete with the San Antonio Spurs. And the team of two days ago was not, you know. And obviously some of that's intuitive. You add Carl Anthony Towns back to the mix. But everything to me as I'm sitting there watching from the way they're playing, the way the rotations are working, it all just made more sense. There, there weren't these, the, the word I feel like I've kept using on these pods after every game or just talking about this team is broken. You know, it's broken because they don't have the right players at right positions to be able to function a group. You don't, it's broken because you can't play your defensive schemes because you don't have the personnel to do so. And this didn't feel broken. It felt like, it felt like a team with an identity and this team does not feel like it's had an identity for two weeks since Carl Anthony Towns was out. And now they do. And I think that's exciting. I think that's, you know, I think that is something for this team to, you know, to move forward with, right? Like we could, we can now have a conversation about what the Timberwolves are going to be this season, even if it's with single handed, you know, literally Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's really important too that this offense didn't seem like it missed a beat um, when yeah. Cat got out there. And I think we've heard Ryan Saunders talk over and over again about how spacing is the most important thing to this team, you know, in the conversation of, of anything that could be important to this team. And, and I thought the spacing tonight was really excellent, um, and, and the fact that they were able to do that right away from the jump. Um, they shot over sixty percent in the first quarter. I think they were six of six from three. Um, they were six of six from three in the first quarter. In the first quarter, yeah. And so, and um, won by like two. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think they won by. Well, they had a six point lead after the first quarter, I think. Um, but but yeah, I just think that when you're able to space the floor and you're able to to kind of get everybody involved and help everybody find a rhythm early in the game, I think it just kind of carries you through. Um, right. And and obviously there were some issues on the defensive end of the floor that kind of reared its head in the, in the second quarter with just being completely unable to um, to defend guys on the perimeter and, and prevent interior penetration. Yeah, but, but I but, think let's not brush over the first quarter defensively yeah. where you go, again, two days ago, this team was – this team was a group that could not be top, you know, or they'd be like the 25th best defense in the league, best case, on the best night. They'd be one of the worst they were, defenses They in were the 30th in the league yeah. without Cat. And I'm saying, like, even when they were playing well defensively without Cat, it was, it was, it didn't matter. It's like that Denver game, the game when Wancho had, like, 25 in the first half. You're like, man, they're clicking offensively. And, and like, the level that they were clicking at, just matched what Denver was doing and that was because of the defense right and I I think like as I watch Cat play in the first quarter it's the most intentional I've ever seen him not even close like he's going out there and he's he's saying in his head his body language is dictating that this end of the floor is more important than the other one the defensive side And, and I mean how many times how many times how many Wolves games of the 400 games he's played in his career have you said that like and that takes some you know it takes something from him when you are so good offensively to not just be like well I'm going to do the thing I'm better at you know and and I thought it was I thought that was so encouraging and and leads to some optimism that this team could compete in some games because if you're the 30th defense 
You just, you just don't. You're the right. You're like and, the the Cavs last year. That's it, your that's who you are. Yeah, and the Wolves were eighth in defense in the first two games with Cat, and that's obviously not going to sustain throughout the whole entire season. But I think it's really encouraging. And we heard Cat say it in the post game that we 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 heard him repeatedly say, "I need to keep finding new ways to help this team win. I need to keep helping this team win." And I think it's very evident that Cat looked in the mirror, um, you know, in between last season and this season, and understood the fact that. Um, that that he really needed to improve on the defensive end of the floor. He's smarter about where he is on the floor. He's smarter about communicating, and he's been. He, I, he was. I thought he was excellent tonight, especially when he was on that this, the end of the floor that that I was sitting on, which was in the in the second quarter um, of calling out switches, of calling out when guys need to rotate. I thought rotations tonight were were really good. Um, defensive rotations. Defensive rotations, correct. Uh, and I think that that has a lot to do with Cat kind of calling things out and, and communicating. I, I just thought the communication overall was was much much better tonight. It, there was this element of he was sitting back defensively and seeing what the Spurs were trying to put together offensively, and and seeing it transpire kind of before it transpired. And I mean, you go around the league and you look at the best defensive bigs. Like, that's what they're doing. Because the best defensive bigs are one big and typically kind of slow. So the only way you can compete with a good offense is to beat them to the spot, right? You have to be a step ahead. And and I can think of, again, so few times in Cat's career where it's been that on the defensive end. And for that reason, that's been a huge – that's a huge reason why the Wolves have been a bottom five defense pretty much every year of his career. And – the thing I put down in my notes was the only other person I've ever seen do this on the Timberwolves since I've been covering the team and coming to games is Gorgie, where where you where he sat back, called out coverages, and pointed out what not only he has to do but what others have to do. And I think in the NBA, particularly if you're going to play a drop scheme, you, your your big has to be able to do that and do it really effectively. And do it really effectively. And you know, I'm not saying he's, you know going to be Gorgie or he's going to be some elite defensive center or anything I don't I don't know we'll, we'll we'll see but he can certainly be a good one yeah and and that's why that's why the defense worked last year when when Cat was out with the knee thing at the beginning of the year where they were still you know like competitive and they had that Gorgie they had that Rocco group like when you are playing a rim defending center that's what you got to do and and that just that just I mean bottom line it, it it creates a baseline for this team of like how far you slide the on the gradient towards average defense you 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 raise the floor of this this entire team because as we saw tonight they got offensive weapons that can multiple outside of cat like this hasn't been cat on offense I mean, I know what do you what do you average? What do you finish with? Like twenty five or something? Yeah, I think the number that cat so cat finished with twenty five on nine of seventeen shooting, but Malik and, had twenty nine. Yeah, so. and it feels like Malik carried the offense more. It, it, it feels like D'Angelo at times carried the offense, Ant at times you know carried the offense, and that's what when I asked him about when I asked Cat about it post game, you know, just about being more intentional about passing. It was like, is that you know, is that the risk? Is that that? And he goes, he said, no. It, the best thing for this team right now is for me to be a distributor. Not even just right now. You just said that's the best thing for this team. I think they also just become so much harder to guard. If they know that, that they can't just sit – if they know that they can't just sit off of Cat um, and kind of in the in the help side, 
because he can just whip cross-court passes like he did with two skip passes to Malik in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, he's just going to be able to feast. Man, they need and, another and, one of those to go down, though. I know. There was one. There was one. And then he had the behind-the-back pass to D'Lo. D'Lo's got to make that. I know. He's got to. Um, but, yeah, I just think that that's really That'd encouraging. All and over house of highlights right and, now. And when he – and when Cat will be healthy, when his wrist eventually gets healthy, hopefully, fingers crossed, um, you know, he's going to see a lot of single uh, single teams because teams are going to have to respect his passing abilities. And when he does get doubled, I think he's far better equipped now to make those passes, but also to make defenses pay because there's also shooters around him for the first time really in his career that can right. knock down these open shots. How, okay, but how did you feel about the balance, though, maybe in the higher leverage situations? I, I, I got There the wasn't feeling, enough cat. Yeah, right? Like, there was... There were, there were times for me where well, I, I felt like if they're guarding him in single coverage, and I just feel this about Cat always, doesn't matter who's guarding him. Get like, on the ball. Yaka Pertle, he like is a good defensive one-on-one center, and Cat was just, it's just like, bang, bang, get to that right hook. Like, And I, I felt like there could have been more than that, more of that. I think there has to be. You go to that, you go, you feed that, you feed that, you feed that, make them bring the double, and then you kick out of it. Like, there was almost a little bit too much. Um distribution out of that i would have liked him to see a little bit more be a little bit more intentional offensively to look for his own shot but at the same time you're like he's probably he's probably trying to stay away from you know if he's getting to that that right hook it's bang with his left shoulder and his left wrist is there too so i understand there's a balance too yeah there's a balance too as well and i think part of it too is that you know malik hit a couple early in the fourth quarter d'angelo started to get going in the fourth quarter and i think when when guys are hot you want to try and keep getting them the ball and i think that's probably what cat was trying to do but at the same time um you know that last possession i thought in in, in regulation i thought was terrible you know (laughs) you you just give d'lo a high ball screen he takes a contested long mid-range shot when you know, I, I would have liked to see them go back to a wedge action that they that they ran at the end of the Detroit game. So um, explain that. What would you explain in what it would have looked like of what you would have liked to see? So what happened is there's kind of a three-man pick and roll or three-man screen game with with Cat, D'Lo, and Rubio, where mm-hmm. Rubio has the ball um, at, at the top of the key. Or excuse me, D'Angelo Russell has the ball kind of on the wing, and, and Ricky Rubio comes to set a screen for Cat, who's at the top of the key, and he goes over the screen to the same side uh, of the floor that D'Angelo Russell is on, and D'Lo throws the ball into the post to Cat. Yep. Um, and, and that's how you get a one-on-one situation in the post for Cat to go attack or create or do whatever. And, and the Wolves ran that repeatedly at the end of the Detroit game. Um, I think they ran it four or five times in a row, and they got either uh, a bucket or Cat got fouled on every single one of those possessions. And I just would have liked to see more of that um, just or like to see just that period um, for that last possession. Just see, says, okay. So here's the counter argument though of why not to do that, and, and not that the result they got was good. But I'm sitting there. There's like what 16 seconds or whatever when they when they had that last play, and tie game. To me, I just don't want San Antonio to get the ball back. So so you, I think it's very important you need to time that last play. So that the so that you are taking the last shot, you can't turn the ball over, and you can't give the ball back to them with, you know, multiple seconds left. Mm-hmm. Th- that that that's important. So is there a better look you can get out of that? For sure, that wasn't a good look. But I think the wedge action that you're talking about and trying to basically, in very layman's terms, trying to get cat isolate a post up. The problem of that is timing. Of, that's fair. Like because if cat's on the catch there. 
you can't you can't do you can't do the sit up top dribble between your legs for five seconds until it's time yeah or maybe maybe he faces up and he can still see the clock Um, I just think that that would have been a way to either get cat a foul a good look at the rim or have a wide open shooter somewhere on the perimeter but but there's there's a difference though like you you need to get him in a spot where he's isolated and can drain time I think I think that's the balance you have to hit and some of the those actions like the the Detroit game is a good example. Like those, those are down the last two minutes. And time of wasn't the game. really a factor. You, you know, it, it's. Yeah, so I, I, don't, I don't. And I gotta go back and rewatch a, a lot of that too. But I, I remember I literally tweeted it before the play happened. Just don't turn the ball over. Take the last shot. Like, because as bad of a look as that is from D'Lo, it's better than a turnover. It's better. And, I mean, and it's and still it took like, the whole time. That still goes in. You run that exact same thing ten times. He makes that three times. Not that that's like a good odds. Yeah, and I mean, and he had made a shot similar to it, you know, two or three other times in the right. last three minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm, so I'm, I get it. Yeah, it's, and I also kind of understand maybe it not being cat, also with the wrist, but we don't know. Like we don't know what the, the extent of what exactly right. cat can and cannot. And he do. said it wasn't much. <laughs> he, said, he did say that. Um, so we've been fairly positive here for the first 15 minutes. There was, I mean, they. There was poor execution on that last play, and then the execution obviously got even worse in overtime. So let's sit on that, but let's take a quick break first. Hey, everyone. want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand-new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take their podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive cover art for your pod, Q&As with Blue Wire podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of uh, tips and tricks that we all use. On top of that, we'll get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google Stitcher, all those listening platforms. And what I can tell you from my own experience is it costs more than $15 a month to host your own podcast. Blue Wire Hustle only charges that, which is the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box to find out more. That's bwhustle.com join. All right, so let's talk about overtime, Jack. I think I think an interesting place to start, or the place to start, is about who is on the floor, and and it was it started at the end of the fourth quarter, where Saunders opted to go with Rubio at the one, D'Lo at the two, Beasley at the three, Ant at the four, and Cat at the five. Initially, Culver was out there at the you know towards those last five minutes of the fourth. And Saunders opted to go with Edwards, who, who was kind of rolling, but that move is an offensively motivated move. So just at that time, what what were you thinking about deciding to close with Edwards, which is something that they haven't done? Yeah, so I, I kind of thought about the, the overall flow of the game and that San Antonio was playing small for pretty much the entire game. So San Antonio played a point guard and DeJounte Murray, and they played three shooting guards, essentially, in Mm -hmm. Lonnie Walker, DeMar DeRozan, and Keldon Johnson. And then they had either Aldridge or Pirtle or, you know, in there at the five. And and I think that that was just a, um, you know, 
a move to really try and get Anthony Edwards to be able to get in there and and take the ball to the rim, surrounded by right, surrounded by could, four shooters. Given that they didn't really need to worry about getting pounded on the interior, whether that just be and on the glass or just on yeah, the Yeah, and I think I think another part of it too is that, you know, Jarrett Culver was really going through the ringer trying to trying to contain DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan was going through Jarrett Culver, driving to the rim, especially in the third and fourth quarters. Yeah. Um, and I think that trying to get a big, trying to get a bigger body and ant in there, um, I think it worked to a certain extent to try and keep DeRozan above the free throw line you know he's he didn't really yeah. do he didn't really do much in, in overtime and so well uh, I mean relative relative to the, see, the fourth quarter see, I thought uh, well okay for me I, I thought it was kind of fine in the fourth but then in overtime I thought that they just decided that that was their mismatch and that they could you know early on DeRozan got Edwards on another one of his pump fakes again and and I thought at that point I didn't understand why Edwards was still on DeRozan. Like, that was clearly their offensive option there. And I hear you on the, like, not going through him sort of thing. And, and there was Because he was ones. getting to the line. I think he had 16 free throw attempts tonight, 13 free throw attempts tonight. Yeah, it just – it felt like in overtime that they – I think I would have taken Anthony Edwards off of that, DeMar DeRozan fair. there. Um, but I, it, it was – it was interesting. You and I were texting about this earlier today, just like the, this whole idea of if Cat's back, what's the optimal role for Anthony Edwards, right? Like, and it's cert- obviously it's play him, but it's kind of more, or what we were texting about before the game was it's more in this idea that he's this guy who boosts the second unit scoring, right? And that makes a lot of sense. That group has a bunch of role players and kind of need, I think what you texted me was you need Edwards in there to give that second half 15. Like you, yeah. you do, and I agree with that. And and he did that. It was, and so I was kind of like, okay, check. Like he did his job tonight, and then the job expanded because now he's closing for the first game, and he's taking on this pretty big defensive assignment. And I I, I don't know. Again, probably probably got to go watch it back, but. It does seem like there maybe could have been a little bit of back and forth between Edwards and, and Culver there. I, I agree completely. To you know, to find a better balance. You know, obviously we're we're bearing the lead here. We're Culver or not Culver, Edwards at the end of the game, you know, for one reason or another, didn't dunk it and tried to, you know, tried to kick it out for a three. It was, you know, poor execution on his part. Understandable, you know, for a nineteen year old to be a, a little bit lost, but that was that was bad. Like, yeah, that was a you know, it was we're talking about execution. He didn't execute right there, so I don't know. It's going to be interesting to figure out what's the best way to use Anthony Edwards in a role that's bigger than his normal get fifteen, seventeen on the second unit. Yeah, and for me, I think he's got to really prove that he can consistently do that while attacking and getting downhill because we haven't seen that this year. Sure, he could. I mean, he had twenty six. Um, he had 26, I think, against Portland, but most of that was in, most of that was in garbage time and you know, against really poor defenders. Um, but but for me, I I just really love to see Anthony Edwards do way more of what he did in the third quarter. Yeah, and that was, was great. He got two double drags in a row, um, which is two staggered ball screens up top um, from the two bigs. And on the first one, he blew past everybody and got to the rim and finished. And then on the second one. 
Um, he dragged three defenders with him, and Nas Reed was wide open at the top of the key for three. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the third quarter, the final possession of the third quarter for the Wolves, um, I forget who his defender was, but he took him off the dribble, got inside, and Nas was in the right corner, and yeah. Nas's defender came up and, and tried to trap Ant at the block, and he kicked it to Nas for a wide-open three. And those are the types of plays that Minnesota really needs him to make. And because that, that's the downhill part. It's not Downhill doesn't just mean get to the rim. Yeah. It means put pressure on the rim. Oh, put pressure and, and collapse the defense. Yes. And yes. I think when you're collapsing the defense, it just makes everything so much easier for the guys around you. And, you know, Ricky Rubio, sure, he can he can get inside, but Ricky Rubio is not a guy who's going to collapse the defense. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, if, if Anthony Edwards is, is able to con- consistently collapse defenses, this second unit could be one of the better second units in the NBA. Just because I think that you have competent defenders in Rubio and, and Culver. You have a, a big body in, in Edwards who on some nights could be a good defender. On some nights he could be a bad defender. Um, and then, you know, kind of your throw in four depending on who you're playing and the flow of the game. And then, uh, you know, Nas has shown that he can kind sure. of take some centers off the bounce and, and score inside. And It, it feels like that group now makes up. sense. Like yeah. All it takes is Cat to make sense because that's what did them in in the two Denver games was they had – they had no way to kind of survive the beginning of the fourth quarter to get to the closing group. They just didn't yep. have a second unit yep. that could both competently defend and competently score. And I think part of that comes back to the whole you know, challenge of trying to find guys, pairs of two or, or trios of guys that, that really fit together and can you know play off of one another well. And I right. think the Wolves have kind of found one in Culver, Edwards, and Nas and Beasley's playing with them too. I, I like that part of it too. Yeah, so do I. And I think it just gives them another shooter to space the floor to kind of give Ant a little bit more room to work with, um, but also to be able to kind of do the just flip roles for Malik and and, and Anthony, um, which which is great. Um, and I, I for, but in order for Anthony to kind of take that next step and get into that closing role. I think he's got to just be really confident and decisive in being able to take guys off the bounce um, and just stay afloat defensively. I thought I thought it was interesting too to kind of just chart who was who was in in the game like who you know, who played who what the rotations were and who who were in there because those were those kind of for, for me at least those are the things I was looking for in those six garbage games of like you know who are these pairings of two who what what who can be the guys that once this team is healthy that make up the ten make up the rotation right and what we learned in in those last few games was that Jared Vanderbilt kind of his play demanded to be you know to be in that group and I think it was a pretty big vote of confidence in him to play him tonight at all just in because because of what you were talking about with San Antonio it wasn't it wasn't one of those teams where they're playing two bigs you know right like playing playing Vanderbilt I think against some of these teams that have two bigs that are just going to kind of punish you on the glass and be physically imposing we've kind of like in my head at least crossed the line of you just have to play him to, to survive those minutes. But tonight Saunders played him just to play him, mm-hmm. you know, and and to get him, you know, to get get him out there. And he played him next to Cat. I think that's I think that's really what Saunders was waiting for to 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 play Vanderbilt out of the four was to be next to a shooter. He was they were kinda on the fence about doing that with Nas. And then tonight yeah. yeah, and then tonight they they did that once Nas was Nas was actually able to, you know, stretch the floor a little bit, hit some threes, like that's where you know that's where Vanderbilt fits in on this team, and they can use him as a wing defender. 
like that's the thing is he's a big he helps you he helps you physically but like he's one of these teams better options on DeMar, DeMar DeRozan mm-hmm. he's right very agile yeah and, and so that's why that's why I do think he fits both this idea of of being a guy who fits the system in that it allows you to play fast and allows you to play kind of small because he can guard small guys. Right. But also provides you some insurance physically for when you're going to play, you know, Memphis in whatever that on Wednesday or whatever that is like when you need to have multiple bigger bodies out on the floor. So it was interesting to me to see that, you know, that not that that he's just in there, but I think he will be going forward and I mean, Layman got one shift right tonight, basically. Yeah. So Layman, Layman was in there a little bit, kind of at the end of the first quarter, start of the second quarter. Um, but he he only played for five minutes. And then and so he in. he was technically, I think, the eleventh. And no, 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 he was the tenth because Davis didn't play at all. Okay. So, but but he would be. That's the thing. Is so, a Kogi's coming back. So then, yeah. So I think that, and, and that's the other thing too that I wanted to mention tonight too is that I think a lot of the Wolves' problems defensively were, you know, at, at letting guys get to the rim and fouling them. And I think a Kogi does a good job of, of stepping in there and kind of helping prevent some of that. But back to what, back to what you were saying about Vanderbilt is I think Vanderbilt just gets so much more effective, especially in the offensive end of the floor as a screener and, and roller to the rim and a lot as a lob threat, a true lob threat when cats out there, right. because when cats out there and he's out of the paint, he's on the, on the perimeter on the three point line, um, you know, yeah, I mean, Katz is playing like stretch four, right? If he's not yeah. getting that that touch there, he's clearly like a very tertiary option in the offense of just being a spacer. And it's he's pretty damn good spacer to have, forty <laughs> percent three point shooter who right. can also pump fake and take a guy off the dribble if that lane's going to be wide open right. still. And so I'd love to see more of kind of that double drag that we've seen with Edwards. Where you have not, or kind of where with Edwards, you have Nas and Vanderbilt setting the screen. But this time around, you have Cat and Vanderbilt setting the screens where, you know, Cat can stay out, stay out up on the perimeter and Vanderbilt can dive. And then the defense yeah, really has, poison. Yeah. It has to leave somebody open. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, if he can do that with D'Lo or with Ricky, someone that's just capable of throwing an accurate lob pass or kicking the ball back out to Cat. Just, just hitting guys on dives. It, yeah, it's just, it, it unlocks another, you know, card or, or another card in this hand that the Timberwolves have of their offense that they can play. And why that's valuable is you're doing so without losing anything on defense. Correct. And I mean, I think to some extent, if we're being objective, like some of the Vanderbilt, like... Hype is, is a little... Yeah, yeah. But again, I'm I'm saying all this as someone who thinks that he should for sure be playing for, for this team, but it, it's... He's, he's a role player, you, you know, oh, yeah. too. And you need to use him in ways that allow other guys to get off. Or he, him individually just isn't necessarily justifiable. But you can play him with... We've seen him now play with multiple different types of guys where if he is that diver in the double drag, then it, it will help Cat get, have more space up top. If you, you know, if you're playing him with Ricky, that's a way better drop-off option than Ed Davis is, mm-hmm. you know, or, or, or Lehman or Wancho are as, as, you know, cutting fours in that sort of way. So it's going to be, you know, it, you could really kind of shift what your offensive identity is between the bigs based on how much you want to lean into that. Not just that player, but that, st- you know, that, 
your, your offense starting that way and more of like a horns type setup rather than a four or five out sort right. of thing. And and that that's going to be interesting because in ways it's it's going to be such a departure from Wancho. Like that's not where Wancho provides value. It like it's it when you have Vanderbilt out there, it's so different. The the theoretical value he provides versus the theoretical value that Wancho provides. And I'm curious to see how Saunders decides to balance that. Yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting, especially considering that um, you know, Ricky, you know, Ricky said in his in his postgame tonight that, you know, the team struggled to communicate when it was switching between defenses, when it was switching between man and zone. Right. And I think that that could almost be tougher to switch on offense because um because if certain guys are in a rhythm and it and mm-hmm. switching to that more horn style of play um you know takes a certain guy out of a rhythm or almost prevents a guy from getting in a rhythm like wancho or or something like that i, I think there's that, gonna be some tough choices that need to be made i think in the rotation to be able to be like but at the same i agree with that and at the same time i think the timberwolves just need to be able to play multiple they need yeah, to be yeah, able yeah, to yeah. have different ways that they can play as as opposed to just playing this one way that I think Wolves fans mm-hmm. think that the team is going to play which is I, that which is that Wancho yeah. style of play where it's just space out four round one or five out all the time and I think being able to do kind of a little bit more than that is it could be a great you know weapon I, I, I'm with you like that, that's what they should be doing but it's also how do you get there yeah, well like now we're asking to have two identities before you have one, you know, that's fair. And, and so, so that's what I guess that's what I'm curious is. I think you need to do it. Well, I don't know. Do you need to do it one at a time? And 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 that will that will be that will determine who's out there and who's who's playing. And I, I don't know. It's just it's hard with Wancho, man, because he he goes. Obviously, this team is committed to him, but tonight is pretty brutal again. And and well, I mean, what are we at? Seven games. Are we at five brutal games, one good game, and one decent game from him? Is that a fair? Yeah, way out I'd of what it's so. been like. I don't know. It, clearly, winning is at a premium with this team right now. With Cat, like they're not. If Cat's playing, Cat said he was his injury is supposed to keep him out six to eight weeks. He's playing after two. That's to win. That's to to try and make the playoffs this year. Like. I don't know how you can have your best player have that mentality and then your general, like, identity be like, we're figuring it out for the long term. Like, those things don't mesh. So, I think for Saunders, you got to hurt some feelings. And you got got to pick who you're playing. And and nail it. I just think think, think you you just need to nail it. And if that means... That certain guys like Lehman are just out of the rotation completely. I'm assuming that's going to happen with Josh coming back. Like, if you're lucky enough to have this team healthy, don't water it down by trying to force Lehman and Wancho into the mix. Yeah. Or, or, you know, to be fair, other guys too. If Ricky's playing bad, like, you know, cut ties with that in, in in a certain game. You know, if whatever, like, if Culver's having one of his confidence games, that's just like, like, you know, you, you gotta, if you're, I'm excited that this team, like, that this team's best player wants to actually make a push for this, you know, and, and actually play enough 
enough of the whole like building an identity stuff. Like, no, like let's figure out how we win games. And, now. and that was the attitude he had. He seemed very eager to say, you know what, I'm ready to figure out whatever possible way we can come up with to help this team win games. And, 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 and for better, me, whatever role it is, whether I'm, you know, wherever they're putting me on the floor, however I'm playing on defense, I need to find ways to impact winning and to get this team over the hump well, and win. And that's something you want to hear if you're a Wolves fan. Yeah. And, you know, I think him playing, I don't know, that action maybe speaks louder than words, but I think as the leader of this team too, he's got to be like, yo, Ryan, like, who are our 10 best guys tonight to beat let's figure it out to play memphis like fuck it let's go play (laughs) exactly you know like and it would just be you're setting yourself up for some sort of clash if your best player is focused on the immediate and the long and and your organization and your coach are focused more on on building an identity and and those sort of things like it's time to this this you know, maybe put some of that on the back burner. Not forget about it. Like, still still hold on to what your principles are. Like, they have good principles. They're, they're a, a team that's focused on playing analytically sound basketball and, and a, a style of play that is the most analytically driven. Like, you can, you can still care about those teams, but, you know, prioritize some winning right now because you're 2-7. And, and, and your best player apparently rushed back a month early. Yeah, and the one thing that I keep coming back to is that the Timberwolves really need to stick with what's working. If there's something on a given night that's working, if it's Anthony Edwards getting double drags or high ball screens and going to the rim, pound it. Pound it. Keep doing it. Cat in the same thing with the cat on the block. In the wedge it. action like we yep. saw in the Detroit game, like if I'm that's working, pound it. And mm-hmm. I think too often we see, you know, Yeah, whether, but but there hasn't been enough like we do great have great moments where we're, like we we, we do have that to, like to some extent like remove the six games like we can't say there haven't they haven't been doing it enough this has been one game this was the first game they've actually like really had it like the the group together so so okay. do it based off of this that's something that i'd like to see moving forward yes is well, that we agree. is that you need to play in the flow of the game and if a guy's hot you need to feed him with whether it's through an action or spotting him up in the corner and trying to work the ball over to him or swinging it a few times because um, that's how you win. Yeah, you win. <laughs> you win by especially in the home. playoffs too. Well, yeah, for sure. And and so that's something that that we saw tonight. We saw. I think it was on the third quarter uh, when uh, San Antonio took that seven point lead. I think it was seventy to sixty three. You know, and the second unit was out there. And the second unit was out yeah. there. Um, well, no, no. I think it was kind of on the back end of when when Cat was out there. And there just wasn't enough cat. Like cat just wasn't yeah, getting yeah, the ball. Yeah. I know. And after about. the timeout, Saunders throws the ball to cat down in the left block or left mm-hmm. short corner, and just says, "Go to work." He scores. Next trip down, do the same thing. He scores. Next trip down, do the same thing, and he gets mm-hmm. fouled. So I think that they need to just do more of that throughout the course of the game, no matter which player it is, or sure, or kind of how make the defense take it away. Exactly. And I mm-hmm. think that if you make the defense take it away, um, then it can just get other guys open and help the next guy. Yeah, get and they go to the next thing. The next, All right, they exactly. took that away. Now, now exactly. we're going to something. And else, I think yeah. the Timberwolves have three players who I think are uniquely positioned to be able to do the same thing over and over again yeah. successfully. Whether it's Carl Anthony nails like that you hammer on. Correct. Home. Whether yeah. it be Carl Anthony Towns in the post, D'Angelo Russell in the screen and roll game, and then Anthony Edwards, you know, getting downhill. Mm-hmm. And I think that. 
those are key because two of those you can play together and then you know one of those or two two of those you can play together kind of at the end of the end of the game and you can say okay we can either go the cat path or the, or the delo path and then the other one is the second unit where you have something you can turn to when neither of those players are on the floor or only one of those two players In cat hand. or delo are yeah. on the floor and you can just stay afloat and and you know get ahead or stay ahead right. um Not with lose. your second unit which yeah. is really important considering the fact that i think that this starting unit is capable of beating out other starting units i'm with you he's jack borman at jr borman 13 you can read his recap of tonight's game from target center at canishoopas.com jack thanks for doing it um will you be at the game tomorrow I do not think I'll be here tomorrow, but I'm hoping to be back um, this upcoming week for one Memphis. of the, for either Memphis or the Hawks game. Cool. So well, maybe we'll talk again after that one. Sounds great. Um, I will be back, probably just me, after tomorrow's game against San Antonio. I think it'll give us an opportunity to kind of have, what would that be, 96 minutes? Well, it'll be more than it. will be 100, 101 minutes of this team with Cat in the mix. Hopefully Cat plays. We'll have to see how he's able to handle things on a back-to-back. but um, He seemed confident that he'd be back tomorrow, I think. He seemed eager. Yeah, you would think also if you were just going to play one of the two of the back-to-back, it would be the second one. Because you can rest right after. Yeah, you would yeah. think. But we'll see. I'll be back to talk about that um, after Sunday's game. Until then, I am Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stop, yeah. Green and hot so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah. Hope you dancing like no.